Welcome back to another episode of Alarm Clock Ministries. My name is Aaron. So today, I decided that we're going to start at the beginning of Enoch. And when I say the beginning of Enoch, I'm really only going through the first five chapters today. This is Enoch's message to the End Times Church. The importance of this message, especially in this time, is one of the most crucial things, in my opinion. So, with that said, after I'm done reading, I'm going to go over a few things that were revealed to me. Understand that when I speak after I'm done reading from the first five chapters, I speak with a tongue of flesh, and that I plan to only try to show what I believe I see. Whether I was led to this understanding through the Spirit, or whether or not this is just me being hopeful and connecting dots that really aren't there, I pray that you'll take it to the Father and see what He has to say about it. But, without further ado, the Book of Enoch. The words of the blessing of Enoch, wherewith he blessed the elect and righteous, who will be living in the day of tribulation, when all the wicked and godless are to be removed. Enoch, a righteous man, whose eyes were opened by God, saw the vision of the Holy One in the heavens, which the angel showed me. And from them I heard everything, and from them I understood, as I saw, but not for this generation, but for a remote one, which is to come. Concerning the elect, I said, and took up my parable concerning them. The Holy Great One will come forth from his dwelling, and the eternal God will tread upon the earth, even on Mount Sinai, and appear from his camp, and appear in the strength of his might from the heaven of heavens. And all shall be smitten with fear, and the watchers shall quake, and great fear and trembling shall seize them unto the ends of the earth. And the high mountains shall be shaken, and the high hills shall be made low, and shall melt like wax before the flame. And the earth shall be wholly rent in sunder, and all that is upon the earth shall perish, and there shall be a judgment upon all men. But with the righteous he will make peace, and will protect the elect, and mercy shall be upon them, and they shall all belong to God, and they shall be prospered, and they shall all be blessed. And he will help them all, and light shall appear unto them, and he will make peace with them. And behold, he cometh with ten thousands of his holy ones to execute judgment upon all, and to destroy all the ungodly, and to convict all flesh of the works of their ungodliness which they have ungodly committed, and of all the hard things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. Observe ye everything that takes place in the heaven, how they do not change their orbits, and the luminaries which are in the heaven, how they all rise and set in order each in its season, and transgress not against their appointed order. Behold ye the earth, and give heed to all the things which take place upon it, from first to last, how steadfast they are, how none of the things upon earth change, but all the works of God appear to you. Behold the summer and the winter, how the whole earth is filled with water and clouds and dew and rain lie upon it. Observe and see how in the winter all the trees seem as though they had withered, and shed all their leaves, except fourteen trees, which do not lose their foliage, but retain the old foliage from two or three years until the new comes. And again, observe ye the days of summer, how the sun is above the earth over against it, 
and you seek shade and shelter by reason of the heat of the sun, and the earth also burns with glowing heat, and so you cannot tread upon the earth or on a rock by reason of its heat. Observe ye how the trees cover themselves with green leaves and bear fruit, wherefore give ye heed and know with regard to all his works, and recognize how he that liveth forever hath made them so. And all his works go on thus from year to year forever, and all the tasks which they accomplish for him, and their tasks change not, but according as God hath ordained it, so it is done. And behold how the sea and the rivers in like manner accomplish and change not their tasks from his commandments. But ye... Ye have not been so steadfast, nor done the commandments of the Lord. But ye have turned away and spoken proud and hard words with your impure mouths against his greatness. O ye hard-hearted, ye shall find no peace. Therefore shall ye execrate your days, and the years of your life shall perish. And all the years of your destruction shall be multiplied in eternal execration, and ye shall find no mercy. In those days ye shall make your names in eternal execration unto all the righteous. And by you shall all who curse curse, and all the sinners and godless shall imprecate by you. And for you, the godless, there shall be a curse, and all the righteous shall rejoice. And there shall be forgiveness of sins, and every mercy and peace and forbearance. There shall be salvation unto them a goodly light, and for all you sinners there shall be no salvation. But on you all shall abide a curse, but for the elect there shall be light and joy and peace." and they shall inherit the earth. And then there shall be bestowed upon the elect wisdom, and they shall all live and never sin again, either through ungodliness or through pride. But they who are wise shall be humble, and they shall not again transgress, nor shall they sin all the days of their lives, nor shall they die of the divine wrath or anger. But they shall complete the number of the days of their lives, and their lives shall be increased in peace, and the years of their joy shall be multiplied, in eternal gladness and peace all the days of their lives. So that concludes the first five chapters of Enoch, or Enoch's message to the End Times Church. For those of you who haven't been with the Alarm Clock Ministry podcast from its first couple of episodes, I would implore you to go back and start from the beginning. As always, test everything that I say. Prove me wrong if you can. I accept the challenge but also I can learn from it. You can help me grow. If there's something that you feel that I'm really misinterpreting, bring it to my attention, drop it on the Facebook page, let me know. I'll be more than happy to look at it, work through it, and figure out if I really have misinterpreted anything. But in my opinion, the words of the book interpret itself through other words in other places. Or just context. Context is key. So... For those of you who have been with me from the beginning, but still don't see it my way, which I tread carefully when I say it's my way, okay? I get that. It's not my way, it's his. All he has wanted from the beginning is obedience. Anytime we disobeyed, bad things happen. If you go and look at the words from the prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Zephaniah, heck, even Proverbs and Lamentations have some good stuff in it. Revelation, of course. Jude even quoted from what we just read. The point I'm trying to make is, if you look at all the prophecies in regards to end times, or period, all he wants is obedience. And because we're disobedient to his laws, evil reigns. And he punishes the wicked. 
that's what the whole end times is about. It's when he comes back, protects us, and deals with the cancer growing amongst our ranks. If that was a little harsh, let me try again. You see, Yahovah has always wanted obedience, like a father wants obedience from his child. In the Old Testament, when bad things took place or we weren't obedient, we were punished, just like a father punishes his child when he disobeys. The end times prophecies written by Isaiah, Jeremiah, Zephaniah, all these people, when they prophesy about the end times, talk about him coming back to execute judgment upon the lawless and the sinners. Sometimes it says iniquity, but look that up in Webster's Dictionary. I promise you it ends up being lawless. And we called the Torah portion of the Tanakh, the first five books, right? The Torah portion, Exodus, or excuse me, Genesis through De Deuteronomy, the Torah portion, Genesis through Deuteronomy, the book of the law. So lawlessness, Torahlessness, okay? Yeshua never came to abolish the law. We know that from my study in the first episode. But he came to fulfill it, or to be an example to. We're supposed to walk as he walked. He walked in the law. He celebrated the commanded holy days, not these hella days that the world celebrates. Okay? The point I'm making here is, if you think for any reason the law has been done away with, I would have you look again and pray about it. Read. Seek his face humbly. All he's ever wanted is obedience and... To be honest, it's getting to the point where I'm not sure how long we've got, all right? Just the other day, I saw articles on how we've got ships just off of the coast of California, oil tankers that have nowhere to dock to sell their wares. And immediately, Revelation chapter 18, verses 17 through 20, which states, For in one hour so great riches has come to naught. And every shipmaster and all the company and ships and sailors and as many as trade by sea stood afar off and cried when they saw the smoke of her burning, saying, What city is like unto this great city? And they cast dust upon their heads and cried, weeping and wailing, saying, Alas, alas, the great city wherein we were made rich, all that had ships in the sea by reason of her costliness. For in one hour she is made desolate. Rejoice over her, thou heaven, and ye holy apostles and prophets, for God hath avenged you on her. If you want to go back and read the whole chapter 18, I would definitely recommend that. As a couple of verses earlier, it's talking about all the merchant ships and how they saw the smoke rising from within her. This would more or less indicate that in this moment, there is an extreme possibility of attack, and that if the sword comes, there is a good possibility for Revelation chapter 18 to be fulfilled. Now, I just want to redirect your attention back into that portion that I quoted from just a second ago. In chapter 18, verse 17, it says, For in one hour. Right now, there's a lot of tensions with Iran. The president of Iran's name is Rouhani, which... If you switch two letters of his name around, spells out in a hour. The only two letters you have to switch are the O and the U. His name is spelled R-O-U-H-A-N-I. In a hour, if you flip the O and the U. So earlier this year, we all know that we almost went into you know World War III with Iran. It just wasn't time yet. They shot down a drone. They attacked a Saudi oil field. There was, just last week, they 
buzzed some of our warships with uh, their little resurgence team out there. Honestly, I don't know what they're thinking because we can just run those boats over. But uh, if they get an RPG in that thing, different ballgame. The point that I'm making here is not to scare you, but for you to be awake, alert, and pay attention to things that are going on. Because after that incident, we declared that we will destroy anything that comes near our warships beset by Iran if we need to. And then Iran turned around and said, sure, we'll play that game too. So, you know, uh, tensions are high between the two of us to say the least. And I'm just pointing out what I see, okay? And if you can't believe that that's enough evidence for you, the locust plagues, current deluge or pestilence that is among us that can't be named, ah, these are just a couple of things. But you'll also notice that there are a lot of farmers, specifically the dairy farmers, that are dumping milk because they don't have the plastic gallons to put their milk in. There are farmers who can't harvest their crop because they don't have workers to do it. This, I believe, is the onset of the food shortages. Okay, famine, pestilence, war, and death followed with them. All the pieces are in place, whether or not it's wishful thinking, which... I hesitate to say because I'm not looking forward to it, although, albeit, I'll, I'm looking forward to it because that just means I'm closer to being home with Abba or with my father. To dwell in his kingdom is all I really want. The evil that must come first, I'd rather not witness. My point is, I needed to say it for anyone who would listen. Don't bother trying to prove me wrong on this one. It'll only make you depressed. However, I still encourage it. It may help you realize or come to terms with it. As I may have stated earlier in my awakening period, if you will, I was sitting on my couch watching the news. Things that Grandpa taught me about were starting to come to pass. And, you know, I just I didn't want to believe it. So I set out to try to prove it wrong. Try to prove that we're not living in the time frame of the end. Every time I tried, it just slapped me in the back of the head like a good old Gibbs slap for those of you who have watched NCIS. I'm like, no, dummy. You're right. This is what's happening. I just count myself fortunate enough to have been, you know, given the opportunity as I do not deserve any of the grace he's given me. I'm so unworthy of even being thought of by him. But yet he's somehow found it in his heart to overlook my transgressions and give me another chance. I pray that this message somehow reaches someone who needed to hear it. With all that, I'll leave you guys with this. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. God bless you all.